0: What is up, dga We are here talking about intuitive eating today. And if you are new to the intuitive eating conversation, basically what intuitive eating is, is a non-diet framework of eating that is going to help you heal your relationship with food.
1: Yes, perfectly said. Um, and then this episode, we really dive into, A, number one, that the reason that you fail at diets is not your freaking fault. And also we talk about the dangers of weight cycling, aka yo-yo
0: dieting. Yeah. We also talk about diets in a way that you may not have thought about them yet. So if you start a diet or a lifestyle change, those count as diets, sorry. Um, But if you start a new plan with the intention of making your body smaller are you successful if you lose weight and if your body becomes smaller? Most of the time people say, yeah, I was successful because I hit my goal. But we open your eyes in this podcast episode of what other things are, are coming along with that weight loss that you may not think of as success. And also is how fast you lose the weight. So,
1: gonna dictate whether you're more successful. So, I know a lot of times people will say, Well, I lost weight in three weeks, the weight that I was hoping to lose. And oh my God, that was insane. And then it, it's almost like a celebration that the weight came off so fast. So, think about that. Have you celebrated or thought you were successful because not only did you lose weight, but maybe it happened in a really quick time period? Yeah.
0: So, so much to think about in this episode. Um, if you have ever, done a diet or a lifestyle change with the intention of making your body smaller, there are things in this episode that you are going to relate to. Um, Also, if you ever watch the show, The Biggest Loser, we talk about some studies from that show that I think are going to be really eye-opening for you. Well, yeah. Have you ever
1: wondered what happened to those people years after they did The Biggest Loser? Because the show, as entertaining as it was, which is the whole point, was to make money, obviously, do they wanna expose what actually happened to the people afterwards? I've never thought about it, but then once we read these studies, I was like, oh my God, I think you're gonna be
0: just as mind blown and interested as well. Yeah, I think so too. So um, also make sure if you are loving this conversation, do uh, click the link in our bio because we have a freebie for you. Yes, Ditch the
1: Diet. It's our guide to the first steps to intuitive eating. If you are at the point where you're hitting diet bottom, we talk about this or that in this episode as well, where you're kind of like, I'm fed up with this. I want to have a healthy relationship with food. I want to have a healthy relationship with my body. I don't want to be controlled by food rules, et cetera. Then you're going to want to take that first step into intuitive eating. And we have that for you. Links in our bio. Yeah.
0: And maybe, maybe you're sitting here like, yeah, but I think I'm already eating intuitively. Like I listen to my body. I listen to what I want. We also have an assessment in our free download that is going to help you determine how much of an intuitive eater are you already and what areas do we need to work on so that will be linked in the show notes of the podcast it'll also be on our instagram bio at fit.and.social all right let's do this
1: So we're both curious, how many times have you started a diet, did a diet plan or committed to eating cleaner, whatever it is, and you blamed yourself for either the diet not working or you not being consistent enough? How many times have you sat there and been like, I wish I just had more willpower. It's all my fault. Like, why can't I stick to this? Why can't I lose the weight? I see all these other people doing it. There's something wrong with me
0: a lot for me. (laughs) Yes. I, yeah, I think honestly, pretty much every time I started any diet.
1: Yeah. Same. I always thought, you know, if, if, if somebody's promoting this and they have transformation photos of people who are, you know, losing the weight and being successful. And if I'm not successful with it, well, by the way, we have to talk about what success means. We'll have to talk about that in a second, but in my brain, I think I'm not successful. It's my fault. Right. I'm a, I'm lazy. I'm um I don't have willpower. I can't control myself around food. I have issues with sweets. You can't have them in the
0: house. You just start blaming yourself. Meanwhile, no one is questioning why everyone online who's posting like before and after pictures always have new before and after pictures that. And I'm actually
1: following this, or we're not following him, but I keep seeing this guy um, on reels. And he basically just calls out all these diets. It's hilarious. Like he calls out keto and like he'll show a clip of somebody like explaining why keto is like going to burn your fat and do all this stuff. And he just like completely like tells like, that's not scientifically proven. It's just made up bullshit. It's not real. And so he like calls out all these people. Well, he called out transformation photos. I was watching it. And he was like, so... If you're going to buy a program from somebody online who takes before and after photos, either of themselves or their clients, and that's all they post, you can't determine if that person's a good coach or not. He's like, because that's just one moment in time and another moment in time. They aren't explaining to you what went on in between those photos at all all. Um, they're not explaining maybe somebody had issues with an eating disorder or somebody is really critical of themselves during that period or they went to the extreme. He's like, I could feed somebody broccoli and chicken all freaking day long and get a transformation photo. Was it healthy? Was I a good coach? No. He's like, so stop buying shit from people posting before and after photos.
0: Stop. That is is that's so true. Yeah. So I really so like, I liked and, it. And you know, those of you listening, like keep in mind, Lauren and I used to do yes. this. Well, I was like cracking up because Be- I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I just, <laughs> I remember when I would go to take my, my after photos, I would like literally like eat less carbs. I would not mm-hmm. drink that weekend. I would make sure that I was totally, totally on point point. -hmm. AKA, not really living and enjoying my life because Mm -hmm. I was being psychotic with my food intake and my exercise. And then I would take the pictures and I'd be like, whew, glad that's over. Yep. Or I would make sure that
1: I took the pictures when I wasn't on my period. I would make sure I took the picture in the morning before I consumed anything no water, no food. I would make sure I went to the bathroom before. And it's funny because then later on in the day when I would eat and drink stuff, I wouldn't look like that picture anymore. Right.
0: <laughs> right. It's, it, but like,
1: I we weren't doing it in the time to like be malicious. But now that I think about it, I'm like, that
0: was very fucked up. Right. But I think majority of people do. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And, and we were doing that because we were so critical of ourselves. Yes. That's the thing. It wasn't like, Oh, I need to trick people to, no. to buy this. It was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I'm a failure if I don't see a huge change in these pictures. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure there's a freaking change. Like, it was all internal things mm-hmm. that we were dealing with. It wasn't like we weren't thinking about it in that way.
1: Yeah, but I just thought that was interesting because mm-hmm. I, I would have probably been angry at that guy in yes. those, those reels like a year or two ago. But now I'm like, it. Real I would have been angry because I think I would have known it was true deep down, but I wouldn't have wanted to
0: admit it was true. No, you're not ready to admit yes. it. And so that really brings us to the whole point of today's episode. We want to help you get to the point where you are at diet bottom. Mm-hmm. And what that really means is you have accepted the fact that weight loss should no longer be your goal. And you're ready to stop the dieting loop and learn more about how to trust your body, how to... Listen to your your body in terms of what to eat, how often to eat, and just let the rules go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: definitely. So
1: we really wanted to talk about something that was very eye-opening for us was about weight cycling. And if you're not familiar with the term weight cycling, you might be familiar with the term yo-yo dieting. Um, This is where your weight fluctuates. Mm -hmm. So you'll lose 10 or so. I mean, there's no number assigned to it, but like you lose a certain amount of weight, then you gain it back or more. Then you lose a certain amount of weight, then you gain it back or more. And it's like this cycle that happens.
0: And I I think I want to point out that this doesn't necessarily have to be like, 50 pound weight gain and loss. No. It can it can literally be like you start a workout program and you're, you know, sticking a hundred percent to the plan and then you go off it for a couple weeks Mm -hmm. and then you go back on. Like it it doesn't necessarily mean you're like all in or all out. Right. It It
1: doesn't have to be a giant amount of weight loss or weight gain. I mean, it could literally be like eight pounds, 10 pounds that you're losing and then gaining back maybe plus a couple more. Yeah. And it's, this is just a repeated cycle that you do. And I know an example that you've given before about yourself was, um, you would like go to college and just like gain a bunch of weight and then you would come home for the summer and you would lose it all. Yes. That's weight cycling. That's weight cycling. That's an example. Yes. Okay. So we wanted to talk about There's this example in um, the Intuitive Eating book. I know we reference this a lot. So if you're super into this and you want to dive in more for the time being, highly recommend the Intuitive Eating book. Um, It's by Evelyn Tripoli and Elise Resch. It's the fourth edition, so it's most updated. But I love the example that they give in this book. It's on page 28. It's about dieting increases your risk for weight cycling. Okay, so like the yo-yo dieting we talked about. And I love that they give this example. Where it's basically talking about imagine taking an asthma medication that improves your breathing for a few weeks, but in the long run causes rebound asthma attacks and ultimately damages your lungs. Would you blame yourself for the medication not working?
0: No. No.
1: No. Right? You're no. probably sitting there like, well, no, that would be pissed at the doctor and the medication because why would they give me a medication that only works for a few weeks and it's going to be damaging?
0: Right. Duh. Like right. you would call your doctor and get something else immediately.
1: Yes. So they go to say, that's what the process of dieting is like. Even if your healthcare professional prescribes it, would you really embark on a diet if you knew it was ultimately going to fail? The pursuit of weight is so problematic. So if this is diets perpetuate weight cycling because it's going to harm your relationship with food. It's going to harm your mind. It's going to harm your body. And then what happens? You might lose the weight, like Mm -hmm. like the example, Mm -hmm. in in a few weeks or a few months, you might have it off. Maybe you might have it off for a year. Who knows? But then what happens is either you stop the diet, okay, and you go back to eating, whatever, or you're continuing the diet, but then you're either self-sabotaging in some way. Mm -hmm. And so then you're gaining
0: the weight back plus more, yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is dieting leads to weight gain because of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so we wanted to give you that example because in the beginning of this episode we started out saying how many times have you blamed yourself for a diet failing? You're like, I'm in, I'm lazy, I'm X, Y, and Z. Go back to that example that I just gave you about if somebody prescribed you a medication and it only worked for a few weeks and then ultimately was going to damage your health later, it's not your fault. It's the same thing with diets. It's not your fault.
0: Yep. Yep. And I am going to reference a couple things from the intuitive eating workbook now. And again, it's, you know, chapter one starts off with dieting leads to weight gain. And I really love these books because they have done hundreds and hundreds of studies Mm -hmm. on dieting and just the effects that it has on us. Physically, mentally, emotionally, psycho- psychologically, all of these. Unlike keto yeah. and
1: blood test dieting. I saw something about oh, that, God. that there's not a lot of studies on it. So oh, don't God. do it, please.
0: <laughs> oh, just sounds awful. Um, so a couple things that I think are, are interesting. Dieting leads to more weight gain. They did a lot of studies on the show, The Biggest Loser. And I think that's worth talking about because I remember watching that.
1: Oh, I watch it with my mom all the time.
0: Being like, oh my gosh, like this is what I need to do yep. to like be my healthiest self. And, you know, it's, it's focused on nutrition. It's focus on exercise. I mean, these poor, these people like.
1: Were getting ripped.
0: Yes. Like
1: they were like the exercises they were making these poor people do was insane. Insane.
0: Insane. 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 So a, a six-year follow-up study. There's these are some things that it showed. Um, it showed that their metabolisms were suppressed by an average of 500 calories, and then it predicted predictably they gained back a significant amount of their weight. Um, your body also eats its own muscle mm-hmm. because it needs fuel. So if you're not giving it fuel, it's going to eat your muscle. And you've all heard the muscle weighs more than fat thing, which. Mm-hmm. Is not scientifically true either. It takes up less space, but right, you know, whatever. Five
1: pounds of fat is the same thing as five pounds of muscle. Muscle's just smaller, yeah.
0: So it's going to take up less space than five pounds of fat would, but
1: they weigh the same. thing.
0: But the issue is, your body eats the muscle because it it needs that fuel. Um, so I think that's worth talking about too. So that muscle is turned into carbohydrates if you're not giving yourself carbs. And
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: there was even a, a part in here that really freaked me out that, you know, your heart is a muscle. And so people who diet and diet and diet and yo-yo and yo-yo and weight cycle for years and years and years, you got to think your heart's a muscle. So your body Can literally start using your heart as fuel.
1: Yep. As energy, as an energy source. And (sighs) in the book, it actually says the constant yo-yo dieting or gaining and losing weight from dieting is known as weight cycling. Like we said, weight cycling itself is an independent risk factor for cardiovascular disease, inflammation, high blood pressure, and insulin resistance. That is insane. When I read that, well, Which is, okay, which is not funny. I'm just saying, like, which is kind of ironic. Mm -hmm. Um, At school, do they ever have people come in and do, like, blood tests? Like, it was, like, you could, if you went and got it, I think, like, your insurance goes lower or whatever. Um, So they came into school. (laughs) This is really funny, kind of. Um, So our maintenance guy, he got his blood work and all that stuff tested. And our principal did as well. Our principal runs marathon, like, runs and, like, drinks like protein shakes he was actually drinking slim fast for a long time i kind of called him out on that um like drinks protein shakes like in in people's eyes is healthy Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and then our maintenance guy is hilarious he just eats what he wants and he like just moves when he wants like he does work outside and things like that he got his blood work back the maintenance guy perfect health like perfect health, doesn't run millions of marathons, doesn't deprive himself of food, whatever. Our principal got his blood work back. High blood pressure, high cholesterol. Like, it was like, the, and he was like, what the hell? Like, I'm so active. I pay attention to what I'm eating. I make sure I'm not gaining weight, blah, 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 blah. And when I, back when I heard this information, I was confused. Mm -hmm. I was like, how is that even possible? Right, right what the hell? And now that I'm learning about this, I'm like, Oh,
0: that (laughs) makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Now it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it, what I found really interesting too, is that a lot of these studies were based on like six years. And the reason for that is because the longest amount of time anyone has like sustainably kept weight off is five years. Eventually by year six, you're going to get that back.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One even says here. It says mm-hmm. studies aside. Uh, what has your own dieting experience shown you? It says many of our patients. So they have obviously this is the people in the book. Um, in our workshop, participants say their first diet was super easy. The pounds just melted off. It says, but that first diet experience is a seduction trap because your body. So like when you first the first time you ever dieted. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Your body is hasn't been weight cycling mm-hmm. up until that point, right? Okay. But once you hit that diet, your body's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm just going to do what I do. And then it just sheds the weight off based off of the food you're eating and based off the exercise. But what happens is when you keep this going for years and years and years – That's when, like Jenna said, your body is going to start going into deprivation mode. It's going to start needing more fuel, more carbohydrates. It's going to start feeding off of your muscles and some of your organs. You can have
0: hormonal changes with this too. Hair
1: loss. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. so many things can happen. And a lot of times that, like it says, that first diet, because people can lose weight so quickly and their body responds, quote unquote, well to it it's a drug and it's a trap that you're always stuck in until you listen Mm -hmm. to a podcast like
0: this. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Very, very true. And so you got to think all of this stuff combined, that's what makes the dieting industry so successful financially. That is why it is a multi-billion dollar industry because people keep coming back because yeah, well, they were quote unquote successful the first time before your body started overcompensating with all these other things that your body naturally does it makes sense that you weight cycle that's mm-hmm. what dieting causes you to do and dieting dieting industry is like we're going to play up play this up yeah definitely and think about it okay if
1: some outside source has to tell you how to eat what's happening there you are completely ignoring your internal cues. Cause you're listening to this outside source. And if you keep doing that for a long period of time, you are literally like silencing. It's almost like telling a little kid to like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Like just sit. And when I want you to talk, then you can't, it's like, they almost like lose their social skills because you've been like suppressing them for so long. It's the same thing that happens when you're Listening to a s- outside diet say, eat this many vegetables, eat this many carbs, blah, 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 mm-hmm.
0: this many macros. Like, I, I think about the study. Speaking of kids, I think about the study. Um, my chiropractor was telling me about this for our daughter. So we were asking, like, you know, at what point do we let her sleep through the night? Like, yeah, because we're, long story, we're not getting into that on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, there's actually a study that they did with babies in. Um, like public homes. Mm-hmm. And if you walk into a, a home for babies, it is like silent, silent. Mm-hmm. And it's because no one has responded to their needs. They've been silent so long. So they just don't cry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, blown away hearing that. Yeah. And you're doing the same thing to your body by constantly dieting.
1: Yes. By listening to the rules of diet culture.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I don't even want to say dieting. By like focusing on even lifestyle changes that you have been told are are healthy. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a big word that you need to be careful of when you are watching somebody on social media or even a stupid ass commercial that's trying to promote dieting or weight loss, or they're telling you this is a lifestyle change. It's just a lifestyle change. Anybody can make this change. Anyone can make this change. What fucking change are you talking about? Not listening to my body? Is that what you want me to do? Mm -hmm. So I have to keep buying your bullshit. Like that's what I think now, every time I see somebody post now, I know not everybody's out there knowing this information. So they're kind of ignorant
0: I guess, in that Mm -hmm. aspect. I mean, I was, I was was too. I think just, just uneducated kind of like turning a blind eye to it and just,
1: just not looking into it, just kind of believing what has been told to them. And then just, it is what it is. But, um, that like makes me angry. I see people post all the time, all the time about like, come on, you can do it. It's just a, it's a lifestyle change. We can do this together, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like,
0: Well, and that right there just perpetuates that feeling of inadequacy because if, if you're seeing somebody post that and you can't do it, you feel worse about yourself too. So it's not just about the weight loss. I mean, it, you know, that, that goes into what are we, how are we measuring success? Like, do you consider a diet to be successful if you lost the amount of weight desired? Most people would, but you don't take into consideration the the social behaviors we did a whole podcast episode on this the last time um, check out episode 116 for that but you don't take into consideration this the social changes that you're making mm-hmm. behavioral changes that you're making how it's affecting you psychologically like you know i remember canceling social events i didn't want to be to go out with my friends when i knew there'd be pizza and beer because i was dieting that weekend and i needed to to lose my weight that mm-hmm. week and it's like you know, you got to think, is that success? Right. And
1: that's, yeah, that's another thing, like measuring success. Like how do you measure health? Yeah. Like, is it solely based on the size of jeans you wear? Is it solely based on if you can see your abs or not? Is it solely based on um, like the scale, the number on the scale? Like, What is health? Because I know for a long time, I used to think, and I know we talked about this in one of our podcast episodes, I used to think that I was worried about my health. Like, oh, I'm doing this to be healthy, yeah, though, guys. Good. Like I want to be like healthy. But really, when I look back at it, it was always about the way I looked. Yeah, it was always about how can I fit into a size four or two? And even when I would
0: get to a size four, I would want to be a two. And when I got to a size two, I'd want to be a zero. Yeah. so it's not even it's not even like happiness comes once you reach a certain point. It is addicting as hell, and you just want more and more and more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. our goal, moving forward, is to help you hit diet bottom, which we hope they're already there. Keep following on our Instagram at fit.and.social. We're going to keep sharing, Mm -hmm. Um, but we want to help you let the rules go, move forward and really just learn to trust your body. So we're going to be educating you in the next lot of episodes, more about intuitive eating and just what the 10 principles really look like. How can you incorporate them? What are the stages of intuitive eating? What's it gonna be like for you when you decide to go forward with that experience? Um, We're here for you in in that aspect.
1: Yes, and one last thing is intuitive eating is not a linear progression. No. Even though there's 10 principles and there's five stages that you kind of go through, it's not gonna be like what diet culture makes you think success is. It's like just a straight line, like gradually with a constant slope going up. Um, no, it's, it's all over the place, but I think that's what makes it awesome is because you're going to learn from a lot of experiences. So don't expect it to be like, I like a diet culture. They're like, I weigh X. And then after three weeks, I will weigh Y. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, I, our intuitive eating for is not around around weight loss at all. Um, But you might experience like you might be going through these 10 principles and you might start at one spot and then you might take a big dip because you're like, holy shit, I have a lot of things to work through. And then you work through them and then you kind of come up, but then you do like a flip and then you go over here. So um, that's why we want to share more about intuitive eating and the 10 principles and the five stages and just the reality of what you could experience. And everyone's experience is different because everyone has a different experience with diet culture. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So basically, you know, to sum this up, intuitive eating is really just a non dieting way of eating. Mm -hmm. That's really going to help you heal your body, heal
1: your relationship, your
0: relationship with food,
1: your body, your mind, your soul. It's just going to heal everything.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. Stay tuned.